What is the kingdom of God? What does it look like? What does that even mean? What is the kingdom of God? When does it start? Is it right now? Is this it? Does it sometimes feel like this is it? Is it later? Is it something that's coming later? Is it something that we're waiting for, that we're looking for? And if that's the case, when will it come? When will it begin? What is the kingdom of God? And then really here's the real question today is this. Does it matter that we know? Is it an essential thing? Does it matter that, that you would know, that I would know, that we would or we should be able to answer these questions? Does it matter? Does it really matter that we know? What is the kingdom of God? Friends, let me tell you today, I said something similar last week, but I'll just tell you, God and his word always, for the lack of a better word, always astonish me. I'm always blown away. And we say, and we say it because God has said in his word that, that his word is living and active, that his word is relevant, that he speaks, but not only does he speak, but he speaks to us. And what he says is on time. And what he says is on point. And I'll just tell you, over and over and over again, I am blown away. I am astounded by his word. Well, just by God's directing, it's not by chance, but by God's directing, as we move now Continuing in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, God today speaks to us a very relevant message, a very timely message, I believe, this morning. And it is about his kingdom, a message that we better know, especially in these times, in these days. Our message today is entitled, The Key to the Kingdom. The Key to the Kingdom. We're going to look at Luke chapter 17. Today, verses 20 through 22. The key to the kingdom, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 22. I'm gonna ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Luke chapter 17, beginning here in the 20th verse. God's word says this. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. And he said to his disciples, the days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. We praise you. We're thankful for your grace, for your kindness, for your mercy, for your eternal, everlasting love. We worship you. I'm thankful for Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer. And we worship him today. We come and just exalt the name of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the word of God that points us to Christ so I pray today as we begin to open it, as we study it, that you would speak to us. And I, I know it is a supernatural thing. I pray that in this time it would not be hindered by any sin, anything that would come between your ability to speak to us as your people. I pray today that your word would, the living word, again, would be alive in us. We would take it in and our eyes and our ears and our hearts would be receptive today. And I pray the result would be this, that lost people would be saved in the preaching of God's word, that saved people would be drawn closer to Christ and changed and grown as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I pray that both of those things would be for the glory 
of the living God. We love you and we praise you and we worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <coughs> now to begin today, be sure our topic today, God's kingdom, is a very complex subject, a very deep Topic. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to understand. Some of it is, is pretty complicated, and it's a very deep, a very complex topic. Well, in order to understand it, in order to, to grasp it, we have to see it, and we have to observe it in two different perspectives. In order to understand it properly, we have to, to see it with two different lenses. And so here's a very big concept as we start this study today. Listen very carefully. The kingdom of God exists in two realities. The kingdom of God, it is right now, and at the same time, it is not yet. Now listen to that very carefully again. The, the kingdom of God exists in two realities. The, the kingdom of God, it is right now, and at the same time, it is also not Yet. Now you hear that, that sounds like crazy talk. What in the world does that mean? It means this. The kingdom of God through Jesus Christ exists now. And so it is right now. However, the kingdom of God has not been fully yet realized. And so at the same time, it is also not yet. And so we approach it, in order for us to be able to understand it, we're going to approach it by looking at its Right nowness, now I'm just making up words now. We're going to look at its right nowness and we're going to look at its not yetness. It's not yetness. Now let's look. First, the kingdom of God is right now. The kingdom of God is right now. Starting there in verse 20, the first part of the verse says this Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming. Now, the Bible says this, the Pharisees, these religious men, these Pharisees, they are asking and they have been asking when the kingdom of God was coming. Now, they honestly want to know, when is the kingdom of God coming? Now, some think, well, this was a, a trick question. They were trying to pin Jesus down here. I really think this was a pretty normal response. First off, they were looking, these Jewish religious men, they were looking, they were actively looking for the coming of the kingdom of God. Now, the Old Testament prophets, the Old Testament scriptures, Daniel and other places as well, they told of the coming kingdom. So these religious men, they were aware of that. And they were looking, actively looking for the coming of the kingdom of God. Now, more than that, enter into this exact context and Jesus has been preaching about the kingdom of God. And so not only are they looking for the kingdom of God, Jesus has been preaching about the kingdom of God. Before that, John the Baptist has been preaching about the coming kingdom and he has also tied it to Jesus. And so understand, this is just a natural question that you would ask of Jesus. When the kingdom of God is coming. That's what they want to know. And so they ask of Jesus, when is the kingdom of God coming? Verses 20 and 21, I'm going to read them together. <clears throat> it 
Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Now, we need to see some very big things here about the kingdom of God that is right now. We need to see some very big concepts. Now, the first thing is this. It is a unique kingdom. Now, that's, that's, that's uh, to say the least. It is a unique kingdom. This kingdom, God's kingdom, is unlike any other kingdom. Now, I want you to think about one of the ways that this is true. You see, in every nation, every kingdom that had a king, when the king died or the king was removed, he was replaced with another king. Now, the kingdom didn't end, but the king dies or the king is replaced. He is replaced with another king. One person came into power and they lived out their natural life and they died or something happened and they were overthrown or they were replaced and another king would come into power. For Israel, read in the Old Testament, there is a listing. There is one king and it starts with Saul and then there's David and it goes on and on and then the, the kingdom split and there's two kings at one time. All the other nations, there is a king of that kingdom and when the king is gone, the king is replaced. Well, see this, see what Jesus says here and it's pretty awesome. Listen to verses 20 and 21 again. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, they want to know. He answered them. Here he goes. Here's the answer. The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. See this today. Don't miss this. Do not miss what Jesus says. He says, for behold, now, we, we miss the gravity of that. What he says is this, take notice. Jesus says, see this. Don't, don't misunderstand this. He says, behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Listen to me. Jesus is saying publicly. Jesus is saying out loud. Jesus is saying undeniably, I am the kingdom of God. Jesus, the man from Galilee, he stands in the midst of people that are looking for God's kingdom and they're wondering, well, we see in the Old Testament prophets and we see in the scriptures that there is a coming kingdom. He stands in the midst of people that are looking for the kingdom and Jesus says this, I am the kingdom. God's kingdom's not like everyone else's where the king is replaced and the, and the kingdom is somehow separate. But Jesus says here of God's kingdom, listen to me, the king is the kingdom, and I am that king. Wow, how, how deep is that? Hear me today. The key to God's kingdom is the king himself. Understand that. That's a big deal. The key to God's kingdom. Everybody wants to know what's the, what's the key to God's kingdom. And there's books about the keys to the kingdom and there's misinterpretations about the keys to the kingdom. Listen to me. The key to God's kingdom is the king himself. 
And so to answer the question, should we know about God's kingdom, do we need to know about the kingdom of God, the answer is absolutely yes, because the key to the kingdom is the king himself. And so if you reject the king, you reject the kingdom. But if you find the king, you find the kingdom. And if you embrace the king, and you receive the king, then you receive and you enter into the kingdom of God. And so we see here very quickly and very clearly and very publicly, Jesus declares here he is the centerpiece. He is the kingdom and he is the king. The key to the kingdom is the king. Listen to me. And Jesus makes it clear his name is Jesus. Man, that's, that's deep. That's awesome. That's tremendous. I'm going to tell you, if you're sitting there and you're not astounded, I can't help you this morning. There's not enough coffee for you. Listen to me. Jesus says, they're wondering where the kingdom's going to be, when it's going to start. And he says, look, I'm standing in your midst. I'm the king and I am the kingdom. The key to the kingdom is the king. Now, I couldn't help as I thought about that. So think about Revelation chapter 19. And I saw the heavens open up and I saw a white horse. And on the white horse was a rider. And what is written on his thigh on his robe, it says this, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Now what about the signs? Understand this, it's not saying here that there won't be signs. In fact, in another place, he scolds these same Pharisees for not seeing the signs, for misinterpreting the signs. It's not saying there's not going to be signs, but what it is saying here is that the carnal signs that they are seeking, that they're not going to get those types of signs. Now, I want you to understand the context here. He is saying, as he stands there in their midst, he is saying, I stand here as the Christ. I stand here as the Messiah. I stand here as the king, and you don't even see it. That's what he's saying. He's saying here, there were signs, but they went unnoticed. There were warnings, but they went unheeded. He's telling them there were expectations. He would be born of a virgin. He would come out of Judah. He would be born in Bethlehem. He would go to and he would come back from Egypt. There were expectations and yet he came unexpectedly. The Bible says he came in the fullness of time and yet they were unprepared in that time. And so he says there, standing as the Messiah, the anointed Christ of God, the Savior for sinners, the fulfillment of the law that condemned them to death, the Lamb of God that freed them from the wrath and penalty of sin, and he stands there in their midst and he says, quit looking for signs, don't look for signs, but rather start looking for the king. That's what he says. You see, the kingdom's about the king, and the kingdom is the king. And so he says, you're sitting here wanting some tremendous sign and you've missed the king. Today, this week, coming up, we read 
about the signs in the Bible. We, we see the, the happenings with the eclipse and all the stuff that's going on. And we, we see those things and there's a sense of expectancy there and there's a sense of urgency there. And yes, we're supposed to watch the signs, but I want to tell you today, it's still about the king. Don't get so bogged down in all the signs that we miss the king. He says the kingdom is here and he stands in your midst. It's still about the king. It is a unique kingdom. Second thing is this. It is an unlikely kingdom. It is an unlikely kingdom. Now, why couldn't they embrace it? You ever wonder that? Why couldn't they celebrate it? He says he's the king. This starts to add up. He came from here. He's born here. He was born of this. They actually went to Egypt. They came back. You know what? This is starting to make a lot of sense. Why couldn't they embrace him as the king. Why couldn't they celebrate him as the king? Well, the reason is they were looking for the wrong kingdom and because they were looking for the wrong kingdom, they were searching for the wrong evidences of that kingdom. Think about what Jesus has just said. The kingdom of God is in your midst. Now see what that means to these guys. The kingdom of God is in your midst. If this is true, this kingdom, its subjects so far are prostitutes and tax collectors and poor people and, and crippled people and sick and overlooked people. What kind of kingdom is that? If what he says is true, this kingdom, its ambassadors are uneducated fishermen, not wealthy citizens but working class men, not politically esteemed men, the higher ups, but a tax collector despised by the ranks. And if these are the ambassadors of the kingdom, what kind of kingdom is that? If this is true, what he says, it's king. No inheritance is attached to his estate, but he comes from the home of a carpenter. He's not born in a palace and he's not laid in a finely decorated crib. He's not placed in finely sewn baby linens, but he's, he's wrapped in rags and he's laid in a feed trough behind an inn where there was no room for him. If that is your king, what kind of kingdom is that? They can't overlook it. It is a unique kingdom, but it's also an unlikely kingdom. And so we see in Jesus, the kingdom is right now. The kingdom is in their midst. We see in the person of Jesus, the kingdom is right now. But it's more. It's also not yet. Listen to verse 22. <clears throat> and he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. Get this. In verse 22, it says this. He turns from these Pharisees and he said to the disciples, he turns from the Pharisees, the one who had been having the conversation, the one who had asked him the question. He turns from the Pharisees and now it says he addresses his disciples. And he says, the days will come, talking to the disciples, the days will come when you will long to see. The Greek word for long here means that you will have a passion to see. Now, I want you to understand the depth of this word long. 
you will have a passion, a burning passion inside of you to see. You will have a great desire to see. You will have an intense longing to see. That's what he tells the disciples. The days will come when you will long, you will have a passion to see. One of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Now, what it means is this. In these days, as he's talking here and answering the question of the Pharisees, as he now turns and addresses the disciples, in these days, they are with Jesus. They are traveling with Jesus. They are talking to Jesus, and they're walking with Jesus, and they live with Jesus. But he's telling them there will be a day when he is gone. Now, we know that that's when he ascends after his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, that he's going to ascend. And he tells them there will be a day when he will be gone. And in his absence, he says they will long, they will burn to again be with Jesus. Now, I don't think we can clearly understand that. They have walked with Jesus, and one day Jesus is going to ascend and he's going to be gone from them, and they're going to say, oh, that we could again be with Jesus. And tough things are going to happen, and things they're not going to know the answer to are going to come up, and they're going to say, oh, that we would only again be with Jesus. And as the pressure of life pushes in on them, they're going to say, oh, I remember what we had. Oh, that we would again be with Jesus. What it means is this. While the kingdom is here through Jesus, listen to me, it's not yet fully realized. It's also not yet. And between the days that he ascends and the day that he comes fully and finally in his glory and his kingdom is forever established, the Bible says the hearts of his people will burn to be with him. Matthew chapter 9 verse 15 says it like this. And the attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom, talking about Jesus, is taken away from them and they will fast. Listen to me, the kingdom of God is right now. But also at the same time, understand the kingdom of God is not yet because the Bible says when the kingdom of God is fully realized, when the kingdom of God is fully upon us, we will no longer long to be with Jesus. But friends, we will stand in the presence of Jesus. We'll be with Jesus. So he says there's a time that it's not yet. And between the time that he ascends and the time that he comes again, the hearts of his people are going to burn to be with him. Now there's some awesome stuff, great stuff, coming up in the next verses. As much as I'd like to keep going, I'm going to stop right here for today. I wouldn't miss the next 20 or 30 weeks. Friends, I know who Jesus is. I do. I know who Jesus is. He, is. he is my King. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I know who Jesus is. According to His Word, not my Word, according to His Word, 
I am a citizen of his kingdom. I have been redeemed because of Jesus. I have been forgiven. Right now, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's nothing else I have to do. He has covered me with his righteousness. By faith in my Savior Jesus, I am saved. And I want to tell you what the Bible says of that. I am saved because of Jesus. I belong to a royal priesthood right now. I'm a part of a holy nation right now. By God's grace, I'm a people for God's own possession. Listen, that means this. I belong to him because of Jesus. And I'll just tell you right now, I know who Jesus is and I'm standing on his promises and I have a firm foundation and I want to tell you on Christ, the solid rock I stand and I'll tell you today I have my hope and I cling to that hope and my hope still stands. My Savior is Jesus. Friends, let me tell you something. I'm tired. Tired of sin. Tired of what sin brings. Tired of sickness. My friends and my family. Tired of bad diagnosis. Tired of cancer. Tired of standing in hospital rooms. Hearing the prognosis. I'm tired of the hurt and the fear and the pain that comes with that. I'm I'm tired. Tired of broken homes. Tired of divorce. I'm tired of people that talked about a covenant relationship and the plan that that God had for them. And I'm tired of reading in the newspaper of their divorce. And I, I know their hearts are broken. And I know it hurts them down to the core of their very being. And I know their, their stomachs are in a knot. And I know they can't sleep at night. And I'm tired of the broken homes. And I'm tired of kids being led astray and captured by the lure of the world, and I'm tired of these kids embracing a a cause that's gonna walk them to the brink of despair, and then it's gonna lead them into despair, and some of them are gonna be so far gone, some of them will never find their way back, and I'm tired of Satan's plan and his ploys for our kids. Tired of people that are mean and hard and harsh and hurtful, and they, they talk one way and they're perceived one way, but when their character's revealed, they're marked by division and divisiveness and slander and gossip and they tear people to apart like a bunch of wolves. God says the end days will be marked by that, but I want to tell you I'm tired of it. More than anything, I'm tired of death. I've seen enough. And I'm tired of coming and standing in a suit and being surrounded by flowers Seeing sins in result, death. It goes all the way back to the garden. I'm tired of the tears, the separation, and the hurt. I'm tired of missing people. I'm tired of missing how it could have been, how it should have been. I'm tired of my own sin. I'm sick of it. My hope still stands, but I hope for something else. Picture this. Marketplace is empty. No more traffic in the street. All the builders' tools are silent. No more time to harvest wheat. Busy housewives cease their labor. 
in the courtroom, no debate. Work on earth has been suspended as the king comes through the gate. Listen to this. Happy faces line the hallway. Those whose lives have been redeemed. Broken homes that he has mended. Those from prison he has freed. Little children and the aged. Hand in hand, star and all aglow. Listen. Who were crippled, broken, ruined. Clad in garments, white as snow. The king is coming. The king is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding and soon I'll see his face. The king is coming. The king is coming. Praise God, he's coming for me. Listen to me, in Jesus Christ, the kingdom is now. We have our hope and our hope still stands. The kingdom also is not yet, but the kingdom is our king and the king is coming. Take heart today, the king is coming. Coming. Praise God, the kingdom's also not yet. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come today and I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for a king that came and, and came as a man and humbled himself. You didn't have to, Lord. You didn't need me, but I needed you. I'm thankful for a king that came and he came into his own and they received him not. They didn't just reject him, they spat upon him. Jesus, I'm sorry, it was for my sin. But Lord Jesus, I'm thankful that you went to a cross that I don't have to. God's wrath of sin is poured out upon you and I become the righteousness of Jesus. Thankful for the resurrection Sunday that you stepped out of a grave. And forever you stand as the risen reigning king. I'm thankful that the king is coming again. The formal things will be passed away and all things will be made new. And we rejoice in that. Lord, thank you. We praise you. We worship you. I pray for some in this hour, Lord. Some in this service that do not have that settled hope. And I pray that they would understand Jesus died for them, Lord, and press it upon them. Lord, you took their payment that they wouldn't, they wouldn't have to suffer the wrath of God, your Father's wrath. You took it. You didn't earn it, but you took it. Lord, I pray that they would see that. You defeated death. You defeated the grave. You stand victorious. I pray for folks to put their faith in you, Lord. Remove the barriers. Remove the pride. Remove the hindrances. And today, let this be the day of their salvation, Lord. Jesus, I praise you and I worship you and I thank you. And I'm thankful that my kingdom is right now and that you stand in our midst. But I'm also thankful for a day when we will stand forever and forever in your presence. We rejoice in that. We love you and we praise you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.